Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. Today's episode, it's part two of my conversation with Yvonne Cole from Focus Ministries. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode as Yvonne and I talk about uh, the possibility of you being a beta tester for the upcoming Teen Focus Manual. All right, thanks again for being part of the PeaceWorks Podcast, and now to today's content. Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. this is the person you love. Yeah. So now you have a skewed idea of love (laughs) and that perpetuates itself. So now Adam's out of the picture and and you're dating Tom. Mm -hmm. One thing I found, Chris, is in between Adam and Tom, we really don't take time to sit back and look at the situation that just happened. Mm -hmm. We don't take time to grieve. We don't take time to heal. And then we don't take time to Mm self-reflect. So I think grieving is very important in between relationships. So you can understand what you've lost, why you're grieving, what grief is all about, and why you have to do it. Mm -hmm. But then you also don't sit back because now you're, you're wanting to know what you did wrong as a victim. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong. But as an adult, we know that, <clears throat> excuse me, that this becomes a learning experience. Right. And if we don't learn from this experience, it's, it will perpetuate. Now, now, now Tom, who he's a, he's a little bit more, you know, conniving with it, right? Yeah. We still don't know what to look for. Right. We never did any research on what was going on with us. So we continue. Now, Tom, we're in this relationship with Tom and what happens with Tom? We think, he's different. He didn't put his hands on me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now Tom, he's a little more mature in being conniving, Dr. Right. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. But we still don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. I, and I want to bring that point home. You don't have to jump from relationship to relationship. That's a bad thing to do. I find that, especially with, with teenagers, and I know it was somewhat like this when I was a teenager, but I'm amazed with the young people that I work with having been in coaching and then also having teen boys, um, the number of young people who have exclusive relationships at a very, very young age. I mean, I know some young people that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they, they, they literally are in an exclusive relationship simply because they exchange text messages. You oh, know? Wow. And, and it's such a dangerous place to be, right? Rather than, you know, I'm going to go to prom with, you know, so-and-so and and I'm going to grab a burger with so-and-so. There's Mm -hmm. no innocence to social relationships anymore. There's a depth of intimacy that maybe wasn't there when I was a teen or maybe I wasn't aware of it. But the depth of intimacy, I think, breeds some of this coercion and control. And then to your point earlier, if, if my teenage years are for learning and my childhood's for learning, (laughs) from my mistakes, right? Then the the smaller the mistake, the the better for my long-term health. Meaning I want to learn how to set boundaries through schoolwork and through friendships. 
not through an intimate relationship when I'm 14. Right. But right. That is what many young people are being asked to do is to learn boundaries through much more relationships with much more severe consequences, I guess is what I'm getting at. And so it is such a needed topic to be talking about teen dating violence. It is. If we could have talked about prevention years ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> before we got intimately involved with yep. Adam or Tom, right. we may not have ended up pregnant with one of their children. Mm -hmm. We And I know this is a Christian mm -hmm. <laughs> podcast, but it's, it. it's real life. Mm -hmm. We may not have ended up with the STD or STI. Right. Right. We may not have ended up pregnant with an STD and an STI and then get rid of the baby. Right. I mean, there's so much to this. As the innocence has passed yep. by the age of 12 for some, some young girls and young guys, exactly. it's really sad. I, so now that we're talking about teens, I, I want to read this one thing to you, yeah. Chris. It's amazing. And I would like to unpack it with you. Yeah. Okay, so this is my call to action. This is my prevention. And these are words that are coming directly from the abuser's mouth. Okay. Parents, let your daughters know we exist. Warn them about us and teach them about themselves too. If I was you, I would raise them up to be confident, self-assured, independent, strong women with the awareness knowledge, information, and foresight to see through us. And you do whatever you can to not let them have a victim mind state. Let them demonstrate what traits repel us as opposed to the traits that attract us. If you don't, we will find them. We will trap them and we will make their lives a living nightmare. Oh, and ladies, we're not telling you this because we care. We're telling you this because this game is becoming way too easy. Hmm. It's like there's no challenge anymore. So please do us all a favor and educate yourself. Step your game up. Hmm. Now, I know when I read that, actually what I did was I did a, domestic violence program at my previous church hmm. and this is a video okay there's a lot more to it but i just pulled this little part out of it because it's how we can teach our daughters prevention unpacking this this is from the mouth of the abuser he's telling us to let our daughters know that these perpetrators exist this is when i when i read this chris it was I had to sit still for a little bit afterwards because this is literally coming from the mouth of the abuser. Yeah. So I think about all the years that I've been working with men and there, there are a few, like I can see their faces, even as we're talking, there's a few men that just uh, kind of exist in such a state of wickedness that they don't care. I mean, they mm -hmm. just don't care. Um, about their own family. And I bring that up because that, le that letter or that statement reminded me of some work we do with guys of what would you say to your daughter mm -hmm. and how personal guys take it because they haven't done the hard self-reflecting work of, wait, that was someone else's daughter. Yes. And, you know, uh, you know, 
having that type of self-reflection is important as we talk about raising young men and then raising young girls. But I can think of a couple guys in my life over the years who had such a level of despair and depravity and wickedness that they didn't care what happened to their daughter. But for mm. most guys, when you really pull it down, so I, I actually think I could use that statement. It'd be interesting to have a discussion with mm-hmm. an intervention group using that statement, especially as it applies to one's own children. I, I, I'm just tongue tied. <laughs> he says to warn them about us. And teach them about themselves, too, which is work that you do. And then he says, if I was you, raise them. And he tells us how to raise our children. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, that's the preventative part right there coming from an abuser. Right. When I was raised, I didn't know what it meant to be Mm self-confident. No idea. I don't know if I even mentioned this, but I I I did come up in witnessing domestic violence. So they didn't, they didn't uh, practice abuse on us. Mm-hmm. But for the first 11 years of my life, I lived it. Yeah. I saw it, I breathed it. So I didn't know what it was to have confidence, to be self-assured, no idea. Because when you're raised in that, it's from, a, you, you are trying to survive. Yeah. As a child, as right. a child with no weapons. But at least as a teen now, maybe you have gone to church. Maybe you have a relationship with the Lord. That's the only way I see out of this situation. Now, not to say that you will never again be in a relationship, but at least if you do, you'll come at it from a different perspective. You're not coming from it from fear. You're not coming at it from, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) <laughs> but you're coming at it with some knowledge, some boundaries, scripture, and that relationship with the Lord. And that's why I love working with Focus Ministries, because guess what? We can come at it from a Christian perspective, yep. right? Yep. Right? I was speaking with a youth pastor about this not too long ago, and I do think that youth ministers, uh, if you're listening in, you guys have a huge opportunity in teaching about healthy relationships and teen dating relationships and biblical responsibilities. But one of the things I'd mentioned to this youth pastor was it reminds me of counterfeit work in banks where mm. banks require tellers to become familiar with real currency. You want to be so yes. familiar with the real thing that you can identify counterfeits easy. And one of the dilemmas in the church right now, uh, gang, is I think we're not demonstrating and modeling authentic healthy relationships. And so we're expecting teenagers to build healthy relationships from examples that are toxic or unhealthy. And if we want them to see the counterfeit, we're really going to need to model for them and talk to them about the real thing so that they're so exposed to the real deal that the counterfeit stands out. And that is so true because we do take our children to church we do have team ministries. What are we teaching them in the team ministries? Yeah. Are we teaching them responsibility? Are we hitting those hard questions? How far is too far? Right. You know, what do I do if I'm, you know, there's something inside of me that's just not feeling right. Mm-hmm. What do I do with that? What is it? Yeah. Who's a safe person to talk to in my church? I know one, yes. of, our, one of our local um, 
uh, groups here, some good friends of mine here that do our teen dating violence presentations for the county uh, usually present in schools, but they've been asked to attend uh, church camps, which mm -hmm. are great places to have these presentations, by the way, um, because of just the nature of being at camp and some of the confidential things that happen with counselors there, but also uh, coming to youth groups. I think of one church in particular that has had our teen dating violence presenters come for a couple years just to make sure their teens are aware of what to look for in unhealthy mm -hmm. relationships and then who can they talk to? Your youth pastor, uh, the youth pastor's spouse, um, maybe there's a volunteer in the youth group, adult that is really going to be a safe place, but just letting teens know that there's a safe place to talk about this and for bystanders to be able to say, you know, I saw this on the bus, the church bus mm -hmm. going to the retreat and I'm just not comfortable keeping this to myself. And I remember that police officer and that advocate coming in and talking to us about this. And they said, I could tell Miss, Miss Kathy from the youth group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even those type of giving young people permission to speak about the problem, to tell us what they're seeing, those can go a long way too in prevention. It can, it can. And I, we, as you, as they say, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, we can gather around these teens, right? And help them, help them see this behavior is not right. Help them see that they need to find out who they are mm -hmm. internally and how, who God says they are. What does God say about me? Can I believe that? Bible that they're telling me to read is that even true right you know so I, there's a lot more to be said about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I love the little quote more. I love the little quote I can't remember who said it but that the truth may hurt for a little while but a lie will hurt forever it will. and um, I tell guys that quite a bit because of the self-deception that goes on in abuse um, but yeah for young people we want them to know their identity is in Christ, if they're a believer, not in what this person says about them, not in their suffering, not in any harm that's being done. And that's really the message that I think we want to get across to, to teens is who their identity is in, who they can rest in. And God needs to be a lot bigger than your mm -hmm. abuser. God is bigger than your abuser. But one thing I do find when speaking with teens is that they, you have to get, uh, you have to get them to trust you first in order to open up because not only does she love him but now she's ashamed that she loves him because now he's abusing her and now she doesn't want to tell anyone about it because she doesn't feel safe and he's threatened her you have to meet them where they are once you meet them where they are you develop that relationship with them and trust mm -hmm. and then you also have to be careful that you don't fix them because you can't right? You can't fix them, but you want to give them options. Have you thought about, you know, or you can't say, if I were you, I would just leave because we know what happens sometimes when they just leave, yeah. right? They, yeah. that, that's one of the worst times. So now they're afraid to get out of it, but there are ways. So we want to give them options and let them know you are valued. God loves you. You know, this is not the type of life that the Lord wants you to live. So then I went into this, what I call the shift. Now, Chris, mm -hmm. you know, when God gives you things, you don't always know why he's giving them to you, what the next step is. You don't know where he's taking you. Yeah. So, so far, what he's given me is shift. 
which means safety, hope, intuition, focus, and tell. So when you feel safe, you, can't, you can begin to have hope. But you have to trust the intuition. You can't just let it be a quiet little little sound, but you have to have it large in your heart, right? large in your mind, and then trust it as your guide. And then you, can, you do have to focus on Christ for ultimate satisfaction, not focus on your relationship because Christ will not fail you, but that relationship could. Mm-hmm. And then you should tell someone what you're experiencing, someone yeah. you trust. Because if you keep that bottled on the inside, you will begin to cut. You will have bulimic episodes. You know, you will begin to stay in such a depressed state mm-hmm. that you see no light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, I think, so that's, really, I think that's really telling. When we talked about co-occurring issues or mimicry issues earlier, um, aspects such as body image issues, self-harm, eating Mm -hmm. disorders, just to the listeners, um, those are typically counseling and therapeutic issues surrounding the nature of control, Um, trying to control circumstances or outcomes, as would be aspects of um, what what the world calls OCD or compulsive behaviors or hyper-compliance and so on. Within young ladies in particular, um, these things that Yvonne are reminding us of, I just want to highlight that to you they may not be standalone issues. So for the listener, if you're in a therapeutic or counseling relationship, be reminded that these Mm -hmm. may be symptomological of an underlying relational issue, especially if some aspect of this individual's life is out of control Mm -hmm. and they're trying to gain control through some other means. doesn't always mean that's the case, but often we we find that connectivity between the um, abuse that's being received and then how they're interacting with themselves. So what do you what do you do with all this information that we, that we've given out, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to begin somewhere. So let's begin with safety, Psalm four eight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you some Bible verses that you can cling on to in these situations. So in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. So that right there is telling me that we can't have peace in these situations, and then God protects us. We can be safe, but it's only in him. And then the H is for hope. Hope does not put us to shame, which we feel when we're in these abusive relationships, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So we have, we have the Holy Spirit inside, (laughs) you know, that, that's our guide. We want to hold on to that. And the Holy Spirit, one thing about that, Chris, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you in the wrong direction. Romans 5.5. 5. Mm-hmm. And then intuition, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Ephesians 1.17. So <clears throat> knowing who the Lord is in your life, putting him first, running to him when you're scared, when you're in fear, when you don't know what to do. That's who you can run to. Of course, the F is for focus on Christ for ultimate satisfaction. And we discussed that you're not in this relationship to get satisfaction. You're only going to get it from Jesus. And then tell. So you, 
you don't be afraid to talk to someone about this. Be careful who you talk to. Right. You know, you're not just going to tell it to anyone, but go to someone who has experience in this. This person is going to believe you, number one. They're not going to say, oh, Adam wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to say that. They have no idea who Adam is. And you know what else, Chris? When we're in these relationships, we're in the relationship with that person. He's a different person outside of the relationship that we're in with him. So people, other people, my girlfriend might see him different. Oh, not him. Mm -hmm. So then we begin to second guess ourselves. Did he really say that? Did maybe I'm just taking that wrong. So let's let's focus on Christ, but let's focus on while we're in these relationships, getting to know who we are. And this might seem selfish. And my mom taught me that it was mm-hmm. getting to know who you are, focusing on you. Mm-hmm. I was taught that they're selfish. Well, I guess, it, I guess it depends, right? But we have to have, the Bible says we, we ought to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but that doesn't mean that we ignore ourselves. And so there are a couple aspects to that um, that I think are, are super helpful. One, I want to have a proper view of myself but I want to know where I stand in relationship to others and to God. Mm-hmm. And so I put my focus first on God and then I understand how I relate to him and how I relate to other people. Because if I don't know who I am, I don't know that I don't like Coca-Cola. Just say, <laughs> right. but if, but if my boyfriend tells me it's really good and I should drink it and I don't have a clue, yeah. what am I going to do? Right. I'm going to drink it. And that goes back to what my friend Joy says all the time, that your abuser has become bigger than God. Yes. Right. And you begin to worship that relationship. That's right. And that's that's a downfall for us. Mm -hmm. So Focus Ministries, I'm in the middle of revising our team. It's called Team Focus Manual. And so we're going to be looking for beta testers, hoping to get this out soon. Mm -hmm. But because Focus Ministries has a heart for teams, Mm -hmm. we really want teams to take a hold of this program, which will be available for schools and youth groups and, you know, that that type of environment. And whoever else, it could be parents who want to go through this with their child, too. So parents, please be interactive with your children. I know it may be hard. They don't want to talk to you. Find a way to do it. Mm Because you could prevent a lot of this from happening, right? And you know the cycle of of abuse does not have to perpetuate itself. So as you are are teaching your children what to do, take the focus off of you and focus on them in Christ Mm -hmm. because they need you. They need to know that you love them. They need to know that you care. They need to know they can come to you and not have that fear. They need to know that If I tell mom this, you know, she is not going to think that I'm, I'm less than, right. You know, that I don't have any control over my life. I would rather have a relationship with my mom who I know I can trust and who loves me and has my best interests at heart. Teachers. Absolutely. Teachers. Yeah. Teachers in school can help that. Mm -hmm. And podcasts like these Mm -hmm. can help. So we should do more of these to help them, uh, to help them to make better choices. 
So I know we have a broad audience listening in. And so if you're a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader, a youth worker, if you teach in the schools or you're a concerned parent, um, I have for years and will continue um, to support the ministry um, that folk, uh, focus ministry and the, the efforts that they, that they um, engage in. And this is one of those that I want to encourage you guys. So at the time of this recording, so I don't know when you're listening, let's assume it's after the immediate release. At the time of this recording, um, Focus Ministries is relaunching and reevaluating their teen focus manual and they're looking for beta testers. And mm -hmm. so what we're going to ask of you podcast listener is if you're interested in being a beta tester for the teen focus manual, I'm going to ask you to reach out to focus ministries. You can find them at focus ministries, the number one dot org. And you can reach out to them through the con contact tab, or if they want to contact you directly, Yvonne, should they, should they do that some other way? They can Yvonne C at focus ministries, the number one.org. And uh, they would love to have you partner with them. And I think the PeaceWorks audience, you guys are uniquely positioned to, um, to help with this beta testing. And what, what will happen if you've been part of a beta test before your feedback will be essential to knowing what's most effective and even contextualizing possibly if there's something more effective in one region of the country versus the other, having a diverse audience will really, really help us with that. So if you're interested in engaging in preventing teen violence in your church and in your community, I highly recommend you reach out to focus. Yvonne, thank you for so much for joining us today. It's been a load of fun and yeah. I've learned a good bit just discussing this with you. Any last words for the audience before we wrap up? I am hoping that at some point down the road, you and I can have another discussion and then we could actually break certain things down where we could spend more time in certain areas, Absolutely, you know, and really hit home in those areas. I just want to thank you for, this is my first podcast with you. It was really <laughs> great. I was awesome. nervous. But you did great. Thank you. God is in control. Absolutely. God is good. Thank you. Thank you, listener, for joining us. Um, and as always, God bless.